Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a podcast from WOR. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Joe Bartlett Saturday Show. It's our... Uh, Extra edition, and it's the special extra edition with Tom Marinaro from Residential Home Funding. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Joe. How, how's your golf game? Awesome. Good week. Yeah, I had I had a good week as well. We're going to have to get together real soon here. Hey, speaking of games, I saw you on Twitter at a gun. Where did I see you at a, a, uh, a gun range? You, I uh, I did it for the first time. I, I've never shot a gun in my life. My daughter always wanted to do it. And, you know, a lot of my friends are police officers in, you know, in the tri-state, so they invited me, and I got to shoot my first gun. It was actually a lot easier than I thought. You know, you have the target practice, and uh, it actually did really good. I really, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Wow. You know what? I, I'm like you. I have never in my life fired a gun, and I really, I mean, I'd love to at some point, but, you know, I don't really have any desire, but... That's kind of kind of weird. I mean, that's a pretty powerful thing you've got in your hand, then, isn't it? You know, I, I'll tell you this: um, this organization they do a lot of training for police officers, so they're really they spend a lot of time with my daughter on patience, on gun safety, and 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 really make sure doing the right thing and understanding, you know, the gun and what it can do and the damage. And uh, but you know, my my little one, you know, she shot it like like nothing. It was great. So I, I encourage it. It's a it's a great family day and. Uh, a lot of fun, Joe. We had a ball. Uh, it was good Good to see the pictures. All right. Well, look at. I know you've come here today with goodies. You have a special for us. I really do. I, you know, we, um, we're coming into spring market now like heavy. You know, people are buying properties all over. And uh, everybody's getting ready for, for summer and summer houses and fixing up their houses and whatnot. So, you know, there there's so many different what we call mortgage coupons out there with different rates and, and, and what to look at. But I got something that's that's unique and different, and it's probably the first time I'm promoting this on the show. But I want to encourage some of your listeners to consider a new mortgage that's out there, which is a 20-year term. So it's not the old traditional dad or grandfather, everybody going to these long 30-year terms. I'm pushing 20-year terms to try to get people to get rid of their mortgage a little bit quicker. They can even um, consolidate, put some debt, uh, and that way it's a nice, you know, 15 to 20-year plan to become debt-free, retirement-free. But anyway, to get right into it, we have a special, Joe, at a 20-year mortgage with no closing costs. There's no bank closing cost at all. And I want to be clear on that because on any loan you do, you do get some fees you have to pay. You know, whether it be if you're in New York, you have to pay a transfer tax. If you're in New Jersey or Connecticut, you know, you, you, you got to pay for, in certain cases, for an attorney to do your closing or for some title and for an appraisal. So you do have some third-party fees, which is a couple thousand dollars, but we as a lender charge zero bank fees on this promotion. And I've got a great 20-year rate that gives people the ability to get this loan for 3.375 on the interest rate. Wow. And that's that's really good, Joe. And that has an APR of 3.393. So if you look at the APR, it's just a little bit higher than the rate. 
And the reason the APR is so low is because, again, we're charging no bank fee. So that's a great opportunity um, for anybody holding a mortgage out there for, I would say right now, if you have a mortgage uh, rate of 3.875 or higher, this is a great refi that you may want to consider because it costs you nothing to do it. So any listeners, if you need some cash out to do some improvements, if you need to just lower your rate, it's, it's, it's great because we're not charging anything. And, and to get a rate at 3.3 in the 20-year in the note, that to me is a great program that makes a lot of sense. You know, there's probably people out there that may have, they may think they have a great rate at like, say, 4.5. Well, you know, I'm happy with mine. You could save them money though, right? Well, I can, and, and I didn't even get into this, but because sometimes the payment's a little bit higher than people want, but do you know right now, at a 15-year mortgage, Joe, I'm still in the twos. You know, I, wow. I think our rate today here, I'll look, our rate right now on a 15-year mortgage is 2.875, and that has an APR of 2.89. So that's, um, that's tremendous. So I would say 4.5. If you're a 4.5, you're actually at the higher end of the spectrum right now. And, and people think it's good, but when you add up that amateurization of all that interest over such a long period of time, it's just, you know, giving the money to the bank and not yourself. So, but, you know, there's an old rule on that, that if you're not saving, you know, at least 2% on the interest rate, it doesn't make sense to refinance. But that was in the days that the lenders used to charge a lot of money. They would charge points and origination fees and application fees and commitment fees and call what you want. So you can never recoup that upfront fee unless you were saving 2%. But now that you have lenders like myself that don't charge anything, it really, it costs you like nothing to do it. So why wouldn't you do it? You yeah. know? Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. Alrighty. I know we have a guest here. We're going to talk about reverse mortgages. Would you like to, uh, introduce him? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I want to bring on, um, Steve, but before I bring on Steve, I, I just want to give a quick note. I, we are now the, the 32nd largest reverse mortgage company um, in the country. And for years and years, I was always against reverse mortgages. I, I didn't know if I believed in it. I, even like myself, like your listener, um, I didn't know if it was worth it. You know, my mom, she was older. Should I get a reverse? Should I not get a reverse? I always had a fear for the company that if I put commissioned salespeople way back in the day before the government stepped in and, and changed the whole preface of, of the mortgage business. Um, I, I was nervous because I, I didn't want these salespeople to be in front of the elderly and sell them the wrong product. But then later on, and, and I'm going back to the early 2000s, the government got involved and they did, and, and Steve will explain this, but they did such an unbelievable job with the consulting that now I'm sold on reverse mortgages and it makes 100% sense. So I want to bring on uh, Steve Matulowicz, who who's one of our managers on the reverse side, and he's going to give a little explanation so the public kind of understands what is a reverse mortgage today and why why it makes sense. So hello, Steve. Good morning. Hi, Steve. How are you, buddy? All right. How's things going today? Wonderful. So why don't you start by explaining what a reverse mortgage is and how it works? Well, a reverse mortgage is a loan that's intended for a homeowner that's 62 or older, and it allows them to tap into the equity of their home and use it as they see fit. Now, there are some um, believers that if you have a mortgage, you can't do a reverse mortgage. Well, that's not true. There are borrowers that need to get rid of that monthly mortgage payment in order for them to be able to continue to live on their fixed income. So it really provides somebody with a fixed income at appropriate equity point a great position to continue in their elderly and fixed income years. 
One of the things that's uh, becoming very prevalent in this industry now is they're starting to plan for the costs of retirement and considering a reverse mortgage. What I mean by that is today they have a job or maybe they're just recently retired. Well, there are qualification processes that have to happen for a reverse mortgage today. You have to have a certain level of income. So understanding when the best time to get into a reverse mortgage is an education that needs to happen sooner rather than later so that they understand their benefits. Once elderly uh, people come into their uh, golden years, as they call them, and they have their fixed income, if one spouse passes, then half of their income is gone. Can they continue to afford to live the way they were? Do they have to restructure things? I'm sure they do. At that point, if they try to obtain a reverse mortgage, it becomes more challenging today. So it's more of a product that needs to be planned for for the retirement years, but it still provides a great benefit from a financial tool and continuing in the uh, retirement aspect. What about, um, I mean, I think the fear is you kind of lose control of your house. I mean, that's the, the big um, fear, I think, on people who, who stay away from that, right? But you don't, you don't, you don't lose control. No, you don't lose control of the house. You retain ownership of the home, and you are the only one on the title of the home. So that, that's a big concern that uh, was caused in the 1980s when the program initially came out, and that has been removed. The bank doesn't go on title. And some of the other concerns are um, people are concerned that it would affect Social Security or it may affect Medicare because those are federally funded programs as well, and it does not. So there, there's three aspects that have become large concerns that are no longer a concern, and it's a lot of people are afraid or concerned to ask those questions to see if it's a viable solution for them. Tom? Yeah, Joe, let me, uh, Steve, let me ask you this. Um, first of all, I, I, the other thing is uh, 90% of retired people cannot afford to buy the house that they currently live in, uh, which, is a, which is a staggering statistic and one of the reasons that, that I'm so sold on it. Um, other things, Steve, I, I know because I see the gifts that come into our company and, and various people that we're able to help. Um, certain cases, like I'll give you an example, if someone's, they get a letter in the mail that their Social Security went up, and then two weeks later they get a letter in the mail that their Medicare or their Medicaid went up, and they, they, they can't afford it. So my, my next question that I want to ask you is strictly from a qualification point of view, um, because there are people sitting out there and saying, you know what, I'm struggling. I don't make money. Um, my credit even isn't that great anymore because, you know, I, I can't afford to pay it. So talk a little bit about the qualification process um, of, of what do I need when it comes to my credit and my income and, and how can I qualify? Absolutely. So uh, the credit score is still not a concern. Although we do look at the credit report and we do look at the income that's coming into the house, we look at the ability and willingness to be able to pay the mortgage, the expenses that are shown on the credit report, as well as utility costs within the home. So we're not looking to put a Band-Aid on for the homeowner to say, you know, we're going to give you this solution and it's not going to work for you two, three, five years down the road. We're looking at it and saying, okay, you can sustain this. This is the right financial tool for you. 
here's how we do it. Yeah, yeah, understood. So, so the other question, Steve, is what happens? And another thing, correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't know if you could still do this, but in certain cases, if someone was going to lose their home, um, it didn't really matter, and we would actually even help people. So instead of going into the bankruptcy um, world, or instead of going into a foreclosure or a, a list pendants, we were actually helping people continue to keep their home. Is that still the same way as well? Absolutely. That is still the same way. Um, we can go in, and it's not just that. There's also tax sales that a lot of seniors don't understand. They can lose their home if they're behind on their taxes. We can still help them. Again, the qualification process has to be met, and they have to be at the right equity point as well in order for it to benefit them. But that's simply an education and a phone call that needs to happen. All right. Hey, speaking of phone calls, uh, we I got to have to tell. We're going to take a break here, Tom. But uh, what about a telephone number where we can get some more information on uh, reverse mortgage or that special twenty-year uh, deal that you have that you told us about earlier? Thanks, Joe. Our, our phone number is one eight hundred six three six Lend. That's one eight hundred six three six five three six three. Or you can go to our website at rhfunding.com and get a lot of information of everything that Steve spoke about and, and, and also some of our uh, promotions as well. Great. Steve Matulowicz with um, uh, Tom Marinaro here on the Joe Bartlett Saturday Show. Thank you very much, gentlemen. We'll be right back. And in uh, our next segment, we're going to talk about appraisals, how to get the most value out of your house. Stay with us. Hi, this is Tom Marinero, and I'm proud to be the president of Residential Home Funding. Thanks for tuning in to our mortgage show every Saturday morning at 7 o'clock right here on WOR Radio. Interest rates are now in the low threes. Do you still have an interest rate over 4%? Are you still paying mortgage insurance? If yes to any of these questions, you could be saving thousands of dollars by just calling me. So call me right away at 1-800-636-LEND. That's 1-800-636-5363. And if you call me right now, I will waive all of my lender fees. That's right, zero lender fees if you call me right now, saving you thousands of dollars. And that's for refinances and purchasing a home as well. I could even give you cash out. So once again, call me at 1-800-636-LEND. Residential Home Funding is part of the New York and New Jersey Departments of Banking and Insurance. Our NMLS number is 36152. That's 1-800-636-LEND. 1-800-636-LEND. All right, if the house is rocking, don't come knocking. Good morning, everybody. Joe Bartlett and Tom Marinero from Residential Home Funding. We are talking homes, mortgages, and uh, in this segment, appraisals. Uh, welcome back, Tom. Hi, buddy. Hey, now, um, this is kind of an important subject. In fact, uh, you know, I'm sort of in that stage where you, you, you'd almost like to cash out of your house. But the question yeah. is, uh, how do you get the most value for it? How do you kind of, you know, amp up? the value. And we're going to talk about that now. Yeah. A lot of people ask me too, Joe, a lot of people want to know, um, you know, Hey, at my neighbor's house on the block sold for this amount, but I just redid the bathroom. I just redid the kitchen. I just put in granite. How much more does that get me? Like, how do I determine what my value is? And 
if I am going to get ready to sell my house, what should I do? Does it make sense to fix up, as everybody says, kitchens and bathrooms? Does it make sense to maybe add a level or put an addition? So I guess we really kind of need to know what the whole appraisal thing is about. I mean, I know it from a lending point of view because that's the only collateral that we have for protection. But I wanted to kind of get Jim on the phone, and I'd like to spend a minute and you know, welcome Jim Jordan from Jordan Appraisal, a guy we've been dealing with for many, many years. And uh, welcome to our show, Jim. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate the invite. Welcome, Jim. I'm, I'm kind of anxious to talk Thanks, about this uh, as well. Why don't you start, Tom? So, Jimmy, so tell us. So, so typically, let's just let's just talk right now. Our listening audience is is what we consider our tri-state, which I know you do a lot of work in. You know, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, that reach. So, in that area or in that market, if I have a single-family dwelling, how do we determine what the value of my property is? Well, let me start out by uh, explaining what. Uh, who would be inspecting the property in 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 the various states you just mentioned? A licensed or a certified appraiser needs to inspect the property, uh, and that appraiser has been through a two and a half year apprenticeship um, and has either proper uh, credentials and insurances to pr- pr- provide appraisal services uh, on the property. When an appraiser is going to a property, they're uh, going uh, and inspecting the interior as well as the exterior of the property. They're walking around the exterior and taking measurements to determine the square footage of the property. Um, and they're walking through the interior to, and most appraisers are doing a, a floor plan, uh, noting improvements uh, to the property, noting needed repairs, uh, updates, amenities, uh, the quality of construction that's throughout the house, the interior and the exterior. They're inspecting all different levels uh, of the property, whatever exists, if they're the basement, they're going down there as well. Uh, then they're putting together an analysis, and at that point, they're determining what's the best uh, path to uh, to estimate the value of the property. And uh, there's there's three different approaches that they would be taking. Uh, one, the most commonly used and what most people refer to is the market analysis, where they're taking uh, competing properties that have sold, and appraisers are always looking, uh, we're always working in arrears meaning that we have to work off of date data that has closed and sold. Um, so a value is not based on that a property down the street just listed for a, a bit more than everybody thinks or what the other sales have sold for. An appraiser is going back and looking at data uh, over the past 12 months and, that the, and looking for comparable properties. And they're comparing the reason why the appraiser does a thorough inspection is to then determine what comparables would be best suited to compare against that property. And they're, they're trying to find homes that are similar in size, uh, similar in room count and bedroom count and bath count, and also as well as condition and quality construction. Now, and hey, Jim, Jim any- I want to ask you about square footage. Um, now, do you establish the value based on square footage? Is that is that uh, because you know if you have a large, say you only have three bedrooms, but you have three large bedrooms, and then you know maybe versus a four bedroom home, your, your total square footage is larger in the three bedroom home. Does that give you greater value, or does that extra bedroom give you more value? Uh, it all depends on the, the market, but uh, there. The appraiser is measuring the property to, to determine the square footage to compare it against another property that would be similar in size. And the expectation is that if there's three bedrooms in one and maybe four bedrooms in the other, they would still be of competing size. 
an appraiser wouldn't take a uh, 3,000 square foot home that has four bedrooms and compare it against the 1,500 square foot home that also has four bedrooms because the bedrooms would also be much would be much smaller. So it, it becomes a, a use issue, what we call utility in the appraisal world. So they're trying to compare it against like property. And the appraiser is also considering when they're calculating the square footage, which is a big um, uh, one of the major questions that come come up in the process is uh, the basement when you have a basement that's finished. An appraiser is looking at the improvements, but valuing and calculating the square footage that is above grade. So the below grade is not counted in the uh, square footage. Interesting. Okay. Didn't know that. Okay. That's an interesting point there. Tom? And, Jimmy, I, I also understand, too, that um, that's pretty simple uh, when it comes to a single-family dwelling because, it's, as Joe said, it's really looking at each house within itself compared to its comparable values. I know it gets a little different, though, when buying investment properties because a lot of times in this case, rental income comes into play. And the rental income, as you know, in our tri-state area is so different when you're dealing with Manhattan to the sub- suburbs. So can you just touch base a little bit about that as well? Absolutely. When I mentioned that there's three approaches to value, we talked a little bit about the market analysis. Uh, let me talk about the cost and the income approaches. The income approach is typically used in a two-to-four family. A property is considered residential up to four units. So uh, a certified or a licensed appraiser can appraise a property that is up to four units. After four units, it becomes classified as a commercial property. When the income approach to value is taking the income stream that is coming into that property, the, the future anticipated income stream. So what, what rents can the property garner and then translate that back into value? So when you're doing a prop, an appraisal on a two-to-four family property, the appraiser is using the market analysis to say, okay, what other comparable homes have sold within this market that are similar in location, similar in size, units, uh, bath count, bedroom count, as well as looking and they're estimating, uh, forecasting the rent. So if the rents were, if the, uh, say there was a two-family and one of them was owner-occupied, they're forecasting what that rent would be for the owner-occupied unit as well as the second unit. They're looking at the rents that the property is currently receiving and determine if those are reflected in the market, whether they're maybe they're artificially low uh, or they're high. But the appraiser is then providing an opinion on what the rents should be, an opinion of rent. And then using that to translate that into a value as well and completing what we call the income approach. So then, there, then there's a reconciliation between the market analysis with the sales as well as the income when you're doing a two-to-four family. Uh, Jim, I want to ask you about uh, maybe some easy ways to increase the value. Um, I don't know if it's landscaping, if you can add a bath, or, you know, just to throw a little bit of money at your house, fix it up, and then get a, a decent return on that. Sure. The, the, uh, many of the big sellers in, in the real estate world uh, and realtors are, are highlighting properties that have updated kitchens and bathrooms. And it's obviously they, you want those features to be updated, but also with quality features. Um, so the quality of construction that goes into, into the property is significant as well. But kitchens and bathrooms seem to be a driving point because those are big ticket items. And typically the return on those where those properties are going 
quicker and moving more and and for more money, but there's rarely a dollar-for-dollar dollar return on that investment. So if somebody spends $75,000 renovating their kitchen, not necessarily are they going to get that dollar-for-dollar dollar back when they go to sell the property, but it's going to it's going to allow the property to sell for a higher value and be much more appealing to neighborhood properties that are not updated. Hey, uh, hey, one question for you, Jimmy. What about uh, swimming pools? I know that there's. I always hear uh, two sides of the spectrum there. What? Do, how do you value when when someone puts in a pool in their house? Sure. The um, first, let me talk. Above grade pools are considered personal property. There's many property owners that spend some significant money putting an above ground pool in, but they, that is considered personal property because it can be removed rather easily. So value is only given to in ground pools, and the value. Uh, is attributed to the market that the property is located in. If somebody spent $50,000 putting an in-ground pool into a neighborhood that the properties are only going for about $150,000, they're going to get a lot less return on their investment um, compared to a high-end property where swimming pools are one of the features throughout that area that most properties come with uh, swimming pools with extensive appointments, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to help drive the value. Um, but the quality of the pool, the quality of the landscaping around that is going to be a major factor as well. Uh, the areas that we're talking about, the tri-state area, we have a limited season. Uh, my, my company, um, the Jordan Real Estate Group, operates up and down the East Coast, so we've appraised properties in Florida as well as, say, Massachusetts or Maine. And uh, in-ground pools in the northern, northeast typically drive, uh, drive less money, less return than they are down in the south. Uh, in Florida, that pool can be open year-round, but in many areas that we're in, you know, we have a three-month window or so. Would, would it make sense year. if you had had one to fill it in or just uh, sell it, you know, just leave it, no, leave, leave it there? You know, there's there's no great uh, static answer for that because the that varies from property to property. Um, some, some areas it might be uh, deemed a nuisance to have an in-ground pool based on the configuration of the lot because the lot is really tight and it took up the whole yard. Uh, and then a potential buyer is saying, okay, great, I have an in-ground pool, but I don't have any yard yeah. for my children to play or for the dog to run around. So that varies from, from uh, there's really no set answer on that, but some markets that are not really um, um, pushing for in-ground pools, that is the case, and some people are, are have filled in their pools to allow the property to be more maximized, the space outside to be more maximized, uh, rather than just have a pool. Uh, tremendous. All right, Jim, we're going to have to cut it short here. This is uh, We've been talking to Jim Jordan from uh, Jordan Appraisers, and uh, I appreciate this. Very good information. So uh, let's have him uh, come back again. All right, Tom? I would love that, Jimmy. Thank you so much. You got it. Thank, Thank you, you, gentlemen. I appreciate it, and have a, have a great morning. You too. Hey, before we close things out here, Tom, I want you to repeat your special here. Um, you said it at the top of the program here, and I just want to go over the details again for those who may have tuned in late. Thank you so much, Joe. We have some great promotions, but the, the special this week that we're promoting is a 20-year mortgage. Try to take off a couple years at your mortgage. If you do that, we've got a no-bank closing cost rate of 3.375. That has an APR of 3.39. That's a great, great promotion, and you can reach us at 1-800-636-LEND. That's 1-800-636-5363. Or please go to our website at rhfunding.com. All right, Tom Marinero from Residential Home Funding. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you very much for your time today. We'll see you again next week, all right? Thank you as always, Joe. In the meantime, hit them straight.
Thank you, too. Okay. <laughs> Joe Bartlett saying so long. See you Monday morning. This has been a podcast from WOR. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.